The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who has invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I'm sure that many of you remember uh, the late Tim Russert, uh, moderator of Meet the Press, but also a very devout Roman Catholic. Uh, He is among the few who have had the privilege of a private audience with the Pope. As uh, I was reading through an Episcopal preaching resource that I often uh, go to, I found that an article there uh, that was really a reprint of one written by James W. Arnold, who's professor emeritus at Marquette University. And he retold in this article uh, the uh, Tim's experience uh, meeting the Pope in this private audience. So it's written in the first person, Tim speaking. I will never forget it. I was there to convince his holiness. It was in his best interest to appear on the Today Show. (laughs) But my thoughts soon turned away from NBC's ratings toward the idea of salvation. As I stood there with the Vicar of Christ, I simply blurted, bless me, Father. He put his arms around my shoulders and whispered, You are the one called Timothy, the man from NBC. I said, yes, yes, that is me. They tell me you are a very important man. Taken aback, I said, your holiness, there are only two of us in this room, and I am certainly a distant second. He looked at me and said, right. That little story about Tim Ruster captures uh, the feelings I have about the whole idea of humility. It's always so hard to know how to respond, you know, when someone compliments you. You know, should I demur and say, no, no, 
or should I accept it? And then my pride gets involved. It seems like it's a never ending problem. I can't get around it. And I'm always struggling with it, it seems. Uh, So I think today's gospel might help us a little bit with that and some words that I received from a spiritual director years ago. But also, I think this gospel speaks to us about the importance of a different perspective on hospitality. The gospel for today is not uh, very difficult to understand. It's really pretty straightforward as we listen to it. Uh, This was an occasion when Jesus was going to the home of of one of the senior Pharisees, uh, perhaps one that actually was uh, enticed and very interested in what Jesus was preaching, wanted to hear more from him, may have even been a supporter of his, for there were Pharisees who were supporters of Jesus. There were others there, of course, and the other guests were all lawyers and other Pharisees. So this was no ordinary Sabbath lunch. Something was going to happen at this gathering, for sure. The Pharisees had been watching Jesus very closely hoping that they might entrap him, either by his actions or by something that he would say. Well, when he arrived at the Pharisee's house, Jesus noticed how the guests all sought places of honor as soon as they arrived. Now, it's important for us to remember how uh, the setting for an important dinner or a banquet was in Palestine. The uh, couches were arranged in groupings of three. And the center of the the center couch of the three was the place for the honoree or for for the one who is most honorable, for the one who is the wealthiest, the one who had the most distinction in the community. So you can imagine these uh, uh, groups of three couches with many opportunities for people to find opportunities to find a place of honor. And they all wanted to find a place of honor. Well, after seeing what they were doing, Jesus told them a parable. And the parable is about one who is invited to a wedding feast. And he said, if you're invited to a wedding feast, you don't want to take the place of honor. Because in the event that someone else invited is more honorable than you or more important than you, then the host will have to ask you to go to another place of less honor and you'll be disgraced. So the thing to do is to take the least honorable place. And then, once everyone has arrived, the host will honor you in front of all who have arrived by asking you to move up. Well, that's a very interesting thing to say to a a gathering at a luncheon or a dinner party. Can you imagine inviting this guy to your house for lunch and telling you how you should have done things and insulting the guests in the process? Jesus' parable echoes... Hebrew wisdom tradition. In Proverbs, we find these words. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. At first glance, Jesus had not told the Pharisees anything that they didn't already know. They certainly were as familiar with, uh, with Hebrew wisdom literature as Jesus was. But strangely enough, what had happened was that they had actually enacted that parable before Jesus ever told it. And perhaps for all of us, the lesson is that we might know what to do, but we don't always do it. 
And then Jesus goes on. It's not enough that he has uh, he has uh, pricked a bit the, the guests who had arrived and were trying to uh, jostle for the best spots in the house. But he addresses the host and he says, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends, don't invite your relatives, don't invite the rich people who, you know, will repay you. They will invite you back, but rather invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Remember, those are the people who have been separated from the community because of their imperfection or because of being poor. And Jesus says those are the ones you are to invite because they cannot repay you and you will be blessed at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus was not just reminding them about the common wisdom, about humility, and about how to avoid being embarrassed at a dinner party. But Jesus was challenging them to look again at that uh, cultural acceptance that they had of reciprocity. That if I do that to you, you must offer that to me as well. That expectation that something should come back to me. And I think Jesus was also pointing to the realm of God, to the kingdom of God, and, and opening to them the possibility that this is what the kingdom of God, of God could look like, where some of the distinctions among people could be broken down. And here are the guests jostling for the places of honor among themselves while they are completely oblivious of those who have no place at the table. Jesus says those are the ones who are to be invited. The blessing is to the one who invites those who are so unwelcome. Well, I started out with that story about Tim Russert, because I think humility is not an easy thing for us to grasp. And uh, at least from my own experience, something that I find that I must grapple with in my Christian life. My spiritual director once told me that as we were talking about humility, she said, uh, being humble is simply being the person God created you to be. Nothing more and nothing less. And I think that the challenge that we live in the Christian life is to see ourselves, to really understand ourselves as God sees us. We can do so much damage to ourselves and to others when we live beyond who we are, when we try to be someone we're not. But also we do damage to ourselves and many times to others when we are hard on ourselves, when we can't accept the goodness that God has created that is in, in each of us. I think that therapists offices are filled with people who cannot see themselves as God sees them. God has created us as wondrous beings. Remember, we were created in the image of God with the capacity to worship God, to love our neighbor and to do good in the world around us. And I think that true humility is seeing ourselves as God sees us and embracing that reality. But I think we must also not overlook the admonition that comes at the end of that passage, which is perhaps the most uncomfortable part of the lesson for today. 
You know, how do I really live into what Jesus was talking about, uh, inviting those who are unwelcome, especially those who may be so different from me that I might have a hard time having any kind of a relationship with? How might I open myself to them? As I think about the world in which we live and especially uh, seeing the problems in the Middle East where all of that uh, sectarian violence is going on, Muslims fighting Muslims because they understand their religion in a different way. But it's happened to us as well and how we have been many times cruel as Christians to other Christians because they see Christ or understand the church or understand our faith in a different way. How might we get over that? How might we get beyond that? I believe what Christ offers to us in the passage today is a is a radical understanding of how we might be as Christians and how hospitality might look if we open ourselves to others. The possibility that those walls that divide us around race and around class and around money and around where people live and what they do around all sorts of things that help us define ourselves over against another, a vision that those things might disappear. And that when we look at another human being, we might see the face of Christ, not of someone different from myself. And so my prayer is that we at Trinity and that each of us in our own work and each of us as we are engaged in the world and our children and as they go to school might see the possibility of the kingdom of God, the possibility that the things that divide us might fall down. The possibility that we could look at another human being, any human being, and see in that person the face of Christ. Amen.